Growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Neese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Hello, hello, everyone. So glad that you are here. We have another fantastic interview today with another amazing beauty boss in the permanent makeup industry. And it's Terry Lively. Hi, everyone. Yes. And you're here. So we are talking about, we're going to talk about her YouTube experience. Of course, we'll get in and ask her the low down nitty gritty and however spill all of her secrets with her favorite needles, machines, pigments, all of those things, you know, we'll, I love uh, it. yeah, we'll get into that too. Yes. So Terry, introduce yourself for anybody that doesn't know you tell them a little bit about how you got started in permanent makeup or just a, a little short story about yourself. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, April, I'm really excited to be here with you today. It's, I think last time we got together, it was in 2018. It's hard to believe, right? I know. I know. That was for like a speaker summit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Terry Lively and I've been in the permanent makeup industry for 22 years. I'm located just north of San Antonio and I see clients still. I have an online web store. I do training. So I'm really, really active in our industry. I'm a machine geek as everybody who has watched my videos knows. So that's a little bit about me. Specialty right now is working on areola clients. I have about 15 surgeons who send me clientele, right? So that's pretty much it. Yeah. So good. I knew you from SPCP society of permanent cosmetic professionals, but I remember seeing you in the bathroom and I had, you had just started, I want to say, oh gosh, now I want to say it was like 2015, but these dates might be wrong. You had just started your YouTube channel. When did you start your YouTube channel? Actually, my YouTube channel started around 2016. 16. Um, Okay. That's when it was. Yes. So that was right. Because that was the SPCP's 25th anniversary. Right. I think we met in the restroom or something. It was funny. Yeah. I started in 2016. And basically back then I was, like I said, I'm a machine geek. So I was just taking different tattoo machines and permanent makeup machines and doing reviews on them, pros and cons, what to look for and that kind of thing. So that's how it all started. Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because there you are sharing your knowledge. Did you ever think that it would turn into, you know, what it is today. Oh, I had no idea. I thought, you know, oh, if I get one or two subscribers, that'll be so exciting. Mm -hmm. Now I have today almost, I'm three people away from 5,000 subscribers, which is a lot for me. So you started Mm -hmm. and what was your setup like? Because I know some people are thinking, hmm, I'd like to start on YouTube. We know, we've said it a million times, but for anybody that's new here, you know that Google owns YouTube. So YouTube is part of the search engine. I shared some statistics that most people, when they are going to YouTube, they put in how to blank, Uh 
right? When they're searching something like YouTube gets so many hits. So I know there are a lot of beauty professionals that have thought about it from their business, but they're like, oh, I don't have the right setup or, you know, anything like that. But I know you didn't start with like everything being perfect because no one does. If you go back to my old videos, they're really bad. I look at them and I just cringe, but I like to leave them up because they do contain really valuable information that we can still use today, right? Yeah. So I've left them up. I was just in my studio sitting at a table. I had a cheap little camera. And the first mistake I made, I'll tell you all my mistakes, was making my videos too long. I go back and look and I would review two or three machines in one video and it ended up being 30 minutes. Nobody wants to see that nowadays. They want short, concise, get in there, get the information and get out type of videos. So through the years of doing this, I have learned so much about making them shorter, having really good contact, uh, content, things that are uh, people are interested in. I started out, like I said, just reviewing machines, but then I added in pigments and inks and needles and how to help artists with tips and tricks, day-to-day things that we deal with, interesting case studies. So through the years, I've just kind of made it a little bit better and better. I've worked on my sound. As you can see, I have a plain background. That's one thing I've learned is that if you can just have a plain background, you don't want anything that's going to distract from what you're saying as you know the point you're trying to make in your video. So you know, sound is very important. Get some cheap lighting. You can get lighting from Amazon that's very reasonable. And try to set up one little space in your studio where you can do your videos. So that's kind of what I've done. Yeah. Back then, you know, I'm sure, like they've said, our attention span has gotten shorter. In fact, there's a great quote, and I don't know who did the study that said that the average human has an attention span that is eight seconds and a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. So our attention span is shorter than a goldfish. And again, I don't know who did that study, but I did find that on a very reputable source, the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And everything is true there. Yeah. Yeah. People have a question they want to answer. They don't have a lot of time to invest in watching a really long video. So for instance, today I uploaded a little short video. It's about three minutes. It's an interesting case study that I did on a client that had a prosthetic eye. And I did before and after pictures and kind of told her story. So, but it's only three minutes and it still contains valuable information. Yeah. Well, and I love what you just said is you told her story. So that to me, you know, that's really where a lot of people forget that part of marketing. You know, we always show like for beauty professionals, we show the before and after, but we don't talk about the transformation. We don't talk about what that client might've said to us or, you know, if they said, oh my gosh, this changes my life or, oh, I've been wanting this for so long, but I was afraid to get it. Like really share their words, share their story. And oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. It was fascinating because her prosthetic eye, it literally covered half of her face. And the artist who made the prosthesis painted eyeliner on that one eye, and it was beautiful. But she was having to get up every day and do eyeliner on her natural eye to match it. And so it was really getting complicated for her, you know, time consuming. So she came to me and she said, Hey, I know you're an educator in your industry. You can use all my pictures, you can tell my story to help other artists. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love that. I love that, you know, we always are helping people in so many different ways. It's way more, it's more than beauty, right? It's about confidence Mm -hmm. and all the things that we sometimes forget when we're in the thick of it and just doing it. Just so you know, tell them the channel again. It is everything permanent makeup, PMU. 
Yeah. Everything permanent makeup by Gary Lively. Yes. All right. Awesome. So now, right. You started as we all do humble beginnings. Like you just have to get started, right? Because you'll overthink it all day long. I love the quote that overthinking is the art of creating a problem that doesn't exist. Right. 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 Like we just, we keep going over it in our head. Well, what if this, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. Sometimes I always say like, the value is there. It might not be high, like, especially with my things, my things, there's not a high production value, but there's value in the content. So, and then you can make it better. Right. A good point about what you said. I mean, we don't have to overthink it. The important thing is just to get started and your videos aren't going to be great in the beginning, but you know what? It's not like we're live today. You know, people are seeing us live with your YouTube videos. You can go in and edit them. So if there's something you say, you stumble over your words, you're not happy with, just cut that out and maybe shoot a little more video to replace it or whatever. It's really not that hard, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's where that might be another stumbling block that people think, oh, I don't know if I could edit it. And then, you know, the thought in which, by the way, guys, you can get virtual assistance. I know that you hear me say that all the time, but you can get virtual assistance. I have a virtual assistant that does video editing for $5 an hour. So sometimes video editing can be a little bit more. They can turn around a whole a video in one hour. So it's $5 to get them to edit. So go back to that. Are you still editing all of your own videos? I still am. And I think I'm to the point where I need to move on and let someone else do it because I find myself not producing as many videos as I want to, because I don't have time to edit. So I think that's a good idea from you for me is if I hire somebody to do that for me, I'm going to have more time to start producing more videos, which in turn is good for me because another thing people want to see on YouTube, your subscribers, they want to see regular content. They want to know, oh, okay, Terry does a video every week or every two weeks or whatever. So that's very important is to be able to give good content on a regular basis. And that way your subscribers will stay with you because they know you're putting out value for them. Yeah, it's so good. I love that because just like anything, consistency is key, right? You have to be showing up on their radar regularly. It's funny because, and you probably are good with this, but video editors are not only going to clean it up, but they can also put in what's called lower thirds, which is like a banner at the bottom. They can put in effects, you know, they can really do so much more, you know, if you, if you want all of that, but you don't, you can start simple. So the editing doesn't have to be overwhelming. Did you start with a simple software and which software did you use? I still just use iMovie. It's free on my Mac, but I've tried other Again, time is a constraint for me, but I've tried other video editing software that it's very complicated and I just have to sit down and take some classes in it and really be able to use those types of editors so that I have better results. But again, if I can have somebody do that for me, I think $5 an hour, even $10 an hour would be totally worth it. And then I don't have to spend all my time trying to learn programs and things like that. So yeah, it's so true. There's, I think there's another software called Camtasia, but some of these can be, you know, overwhelming to learn, right? And that's not our passion. It might be your passion. It might be your side passion if you love that type of thing, but definitely outsourcing it is, I think the way to go just can be so much easier. So the other thing is, I think people sometimes might say, I don't have enough content or what will I talk about? I have some great ideas. I was thinking about this last night. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night. How can someone use this information? So I, if I were a new artist, this is what I would do. Let's just say I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm a new artist and I want to build clientele. 
you could start a YouTube channel and you would want to name it something like Dallas, Texas Permanent Makeup by Terry Lively. You would want to name your channel that. And then you could start putting in short videos of before and afters of your work, talking to your clients, maybe doing a video on frequently asked questions. And here's a really cool thing I thought about because I saw a surgeon do this once. He started getting testimonials from each client that he worked on. So he would just spend maybe 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes taking a short video of that client, their experience coming to him and, and how much they enjoyed working with the surgeon. So you could do that with your permanent makeup clients, have them do that for you, show before and afters, healed work, make them really short. You could put out one every couple of weeks. You see some brows that you did, you really love them. So you feature those on your YouTube channel. And then when you upload that video, it gives you the opportunity to add a description in and to put tags in, you know, like hashtags. So you could put in permanent eyebrows, Dallas, Texas, permanent eyeliner, Dallas, Texas, or or whatever you want to do to let people know your location. And so after a while, what's going to happen is Google's going to pick all that up, your videos. And when someone goes in there and searches for a permanent makeup, Dallas, Texas, Guess who's going to pop up? You are because you're doing your work. You're showing people your work. Another thing I have found is that by putting my videos up and people watching me through the years, they feel like they know me personally. And I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up at conventions and say, I feel like I know you because I've watched your videos for so long. I feel like we're old friends. So people are going to become more comfortable with you and your work even before they've ever met you or had a consultation with you. So it's actually a really cool marketing tool. Okay. So many gems there, guys. Okay. Let me just break a few down. Okay. So the first thing, the hashtag gem, we're talking about, just like she said, you're putting in your local area, you know, Dallas, like put in what people are searching for because she's thinking about how Google works. And, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I don't have money to spend on Google ads, or I wish my SEO was better, but I don't have time to write a blog. I mean, you could even take these videos, in which we'll talk about in a moment, and put them to your website. So that's helping your website even further. But we'll pause on that. We'll come back to that. So she's talking about just the title, just the title alone that is super important. Love that. Love that. I love so many things, so I don't want to forget them all. I love the fact that you were saying... Now you are building that no like and trust factor, right? Yeah. That the KLT, right? And which is different than a BLT, <laughs> <laughs> but very important. The yes. KLT is so important because we are in, and I say this all the time, I'm like a broken record. We're in the trust business. We yeah. need people to trust us because we're working on their face and it's permanent. So you're building that connection. And I love that. So you're building that trust with the client and people feel like they know you. I remember I had a YouTuber come in. She had, oh my gosh, she had 400,000 followers. Oh my word. That's crazy. From that. So she obviously came in, had permanent makeup with me and that brought a lot of people to me. And I remember when she came in and, and two of my clients, the client before her and the client after her knew her. Oh my gosh. Wow. And probably came from her because I got so many referrals. That's a whole nother topic on referrals. Oh, referrals. Um, Yeah. Yes. And then, but they were like almost starstruck 
with her yeah. being in the lobby, like one yeah. with them seeing, you know, cause they saw one saw her as she was leaving and one saw her as they were leaving. So they were just almost like, oh my gosh, it's her, you know, and what a really cool experience though, in your shop, you know? Yes. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was funny how the two of them knew them. Cause usually that wouldn't happen. What are the but, odds, right? <laughs> but it's so true. Like people, it's just like, I have to share this one funny story that I was working for Dr. Dennis Gross and we were doing alpha beta chemical peels. And this was for his book tour. So we were traveling around and I was back in Texas and I'm doing a chemical peel on this person. And I'm like, you look so familiar. And I'm like, did you go to UT, like University of Texas? I'm like going through, did you used to live in the village? I'm like trying to think of all the places I might know her from. Cause now I'm in New York. So I'm like, how do I know her? Basically, right. long story short, I did not know her at all. For, she was one of the last contestants on The Bachelor. Oh my gosh, how funny. <laughs> I thought I knew her because she was so familiar. She came in like number third place. And this is like years later and I'm seeing wow. her and I think I know her. I don't know her at all, but that is what happens through video. We feel like we know these people. Okay, yeah. back to yeah. Terry, bringing us the gems. So tell us a few things that you also learned with your channel. You said shorter videos because attention span. Right. What about all the keywords and, oh yeah. gosh, the thumbnail? Yeah. Give us that. Tell so us So you about need that. to have keywords sprinkled in your title of each video if you can. And then in the description of the video, you need to have keywords throughout there. So repetitive keywords. And then when you load your video up, you use those keywords uh, as tags that YouTube collects. And so that shows consistent content and it makes you more appealing to the search engines, so to speak. So I found by doing that, that works really well. Having a consistent theme, thumbnails are super important. YouTube has a specific size right off the top of my head. I think it's 1280 by 720, but you can Google that. YouTube thumbnail size and pixels, and it'll tell you exactly what to do. So you and we should tell them what the thumbnail means. What when I say that? I'm sorry. Thumbnail is like when you're going through YouTube and you see a video, a picture, and it catches your eye, and you're like, "Ooh, I want to watch that. That looks like a cool video." That's your thumbnail that shows up in the listing on YouTube of your videos. So you want it eye catching, like this morning with the prosthetic eye. I just posted a picture for my thumbnail of a prosthetic eye me holding it literally in my hand. So to me, that would be super exciting if I saw somebody doing that and I'd want to click on that video. And so that's what your thumbnail is. Now, if you don't upload your YouTube thumbnail, then they'll give you some choices that they pick out for you. Sometimes those are pretty good, but it's usually best to do your own thumbnail for each video that you do. Yeah. Because I know with Facebook, when they pick the thumbnail, it's always the one where I'm like, yeah, I know. And I it'll probably be just be on that Instagram one. And I'm like this, you know, and I, it's like, how do I get in there and change that? I've got to go do my homework on that. But I do yeah. know how to do it on YouTube. YouTube kind of takes you by the hand too. They tell you as you're uploading your video, they tell you the steps, you know, they ask you questions. And so it's not that hard. Do it a few times and you'll be really comfortable with it. Yeah. Well, and something that's very meta is you can always YouTube how to do a YouTube. There you go. <laughs> There's so much out there, so much free information on how to make your YouTube videos more appealing, how to make them more search engine friendly, how to get people's attention so they click on you. 
All of that is out there. So much information. You just got to spend some, a little bit of time doing your research. Yeah. And what I love that you said, because some people might not think this, is you said, make your keywords repetitive. Yes. Right. So you're being consistent with that as well, because a lot of times people wouldn't have, you know, think people might think, oh, I need to keep changing it up. You know, like hashtags on Instagram, you have to change up, but you're saying keywords, keep it consistent. Yeah. If I'm doing a video on an eyeliner that I did, then I want in my title, I want permanent eyeliner in there, in my description and like the first sentence or two, I want that term permanent eyeliner. And then when I punch in my keywords, I want permanent eyeliner. So it's showing up three places consistently on one video. And that way, when people do a search, hopefully my video pops up. Yeah. And I've noticed on the thumbnails, like you said, you're holding a prosthetic eye, which, yeah. you know, there's that, that intrigue, right? Curiosity, right? People are yes. like, what is that? And so if you're having a thumbnail where people often do things like they make a, you know, kind of a, a screwed up face or they'll be like, or they'll yeah. like, you know, they do like, they take a little, you know, a, like a snapshot of them just kind of like, Hmm, wonder what this yeah. is about. And so it's kind of capturing that, or it's kind of playing with that emotion of where people are like, oh, it's curiosity building and people want to click on it. So several of my videos where I have my picture and I have a cute little face or whatever, you know, that I made just to get people's attention. You can also put in wording on your, you know, bright lettering and something about that video next. So I would be standing like to the side in my picture. And then over here, I would have some text you know, a very, very short amount of tech kind of explaining what that video is about. And so it's very eye-catching when you do that. Yeah. And that the headline, do you think about the headline, the title of the video? Is there anything special that we need to know about that part? I just think you want it to be accurate to what the video is about. You don't want to say something in your title and then have the video be about something else or not quite with that title. I think it's good to be accurate about your title. So true. Because I have videos on color theory. I have videos on tips and tricks for permanent makeup artists. So if I'm posting a video on, say, needle hang, I want that to be, you know, something about needles in my title and also in my description. Terry shares with you today some information on different types of needle groupings or whatever, something like that. And so if you do that with your videos, you're going to get more hits and more followers. Yeah, that's a great point because I've heard of what they call like clickbait, right? Where, you know, the thumbnail or the headline says one thing and you click to it and it's a completely different thing. You're like, people get really mad when you do that because they're going to your video to see what that title is about. And if they see something completely else, you know, something else, then they figure that's clickbait. And then you get a, get a bad reputation and you lose followers that way. Yeah. And I think also YouTube knows if people are going to your video and quickly bailing, if they're quickly clicking off, doesn't that also hurt your score? Like just like anything, there's an algorithm score. Yes, it does. And what you want to do There's so much to this, but you can add what's called end cards on your video. And I didn't do the one today. I'm going to go back and do it later. But in most of my videos, I'll have a link to another video that's eye-catching as well that that artist may want to click on. So your goal is to keep them on your channel as long as possible. 
And that way you get better ratings with YouTube. The longer that person stays on your channel, you can look up analytics. They have YouTube analytics and you can see what your average follower, how long they're staying on your YouTube channel. And that just boosts your ratings and gets you up in the search engine ratings in a higher place in search engine ratings. I love that. I remember I go to social media marketing world. It's a huge, like 5,000 plus people conference at San Diego conference center. And there was, I went into a talk about YouTube and they were talking about creating almost like files, right? Like where basically people go from one video to the next video, to the next video. That's a playlist. Playlist. Yeah. Right. Creating a playlist. Yes. I should have remembered that because that takes me back in the day to the 80s and my my, <laughs> my yeah, playlist with my cassette tape. Your playlist on your cassettes, yeah. Um, yeah, so right. So you have a video playlist. So if you're grouping like videos, so if you like this video, you'll probably like this and this and this. Yeah. And so you're putting them together so that one just loads after the other easily. Yeah, it just keeps them there. It automatically goes to your next video. They don't even have to punch the, the play button because it automatically loads. So you could have a playlist on eyebrows. You could have a playlist on eyeliner. You could have a playlist on client testimonials. Those are all good things to have. And organizing your channel so that people can get content uh, that they're looking for. Maybe it's a client looking for eyebrows and she wants to see a bunch of different work you've done. And so you could have that playlist where it would just take her from one video to the next without her having to click on it. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many things like if anybody's watching this and feeling like, oh, it's overwhelming. Just remember, you're just going to start with just taking a simple video and putting it up and then it's going to grow and you're going to learn from your experience. What are some lessons that you've learned that maybe it took you the longest to learn or or things that you wish you would have known when you started? Well, when I started, I had all this crazy loud music in the intro, which I know that totally turned people off. It had to have, because I go back and listen to them and I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking there? But anyway, you can have some music, but make it soft and not distracting. And don't play music throughout your whole video, just like at the very beginning, just to bring them in and make it appealing. So that was one thing. You know, I've created a room where I do video now. Obviously, you don't have to do that. I said that earlier. But if you have a space where you don't have a lot of echo in the background for your sound quality, that helps. I've actually bought blankets, big blankets and put them in my room because that helps absorb some of that echo. So that's been helped. Uh, Again, lighting is everything. You want to have good lighting. I'm thinking of other mistakes I made. Uh, Oh, something else I did recently. I have a teleprompter now, which has cut my time in half. You can buy a teleprompter app and use it on a little iPad and spend maybe, I don't know, I think it costs $100, $150 for my teleprompter. But it has saved me so much time. And you just type out what you want to say. You'll look at it as you're looking in the camera and it'll cut your time in half because you're not having to, you know, constantly retake because you didn't say something correctly. You worded it in a way that you didn't like the way it came across. So you just type it out all out ahead of time. It's right in front of you. And, you know, you want to practice in the mirror with these things, though. You have to be able to use a teleprompter and practice with it go over stuff in your head, how you want to say things, emphasis on certain words you want to use and that type of thing. Gestures. Gestures are very important. You don't want to get up there and just be like this, you know, or be real stiff. You want to get comfortable in front of the camera. 
I know, like you said, it sounds like a lot, but every single video that you do, you're going to make small improvements and it's just going to get better and better. And don't knock yourself in the beginning because that's the learning curve. You've got to have a learning curve with all this. Yeah, I love all that. And I love like what you're talking about in terms of like your movement and really bringing, you know, more of your personality into it because what often happens is what we don't realize the camera, you know how people say the camera adds five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever they say, but what really happens is the camera sucks your energy. So you think you're being like over the top and loud, but really you're coming across like, I'm so excited today to show you this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then, so, you know, understanding that where your energy, how it's going to be, and and that's just going to come with practice really. And which brings me to this quote that I like to say, because people feel like maybe they're not confident enough to show up on camera, but with confidence comes from competence, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which is constantly doing, right? And competence yeah. comes from courage, the courage right. to just get out there, to do it messy, to be imperfectly perfect, to be, right. you know what I mean? Like, or perfectly imperfect, right? Or to get it's started. Kind of like when you first started doing consultations with clients, you're always uncomfortable at first. It's like, I got to talk to this client. I have to sell my product. I have to show how my procedures can benefit them. You're always a little nervous at first, but the more you do it, you just finally, you find yourself being yourself. And so when you get used to being on camera, you do it more and more. You find yourself being more of your own personality and your own self, and you're not all nervous and uptight. You know, it, it just comes across as more genuine. Yeah, I love it. And for me, this is why I love live video, because I'm like, it is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I can't. You know, if I say something I, grammatically incorrect. Oh, well, everybody does that. No big deal. Right? All the time. All the all time. The time. All the right. time. Typos, all of it. I always say, you know, you think English is my second language. It's, it's horrible. But yeah, I mean, right. that's what it is. So I'm working on it, but also embracing my quirky self. For me, if I try to record it, oh, I'll just keep doing it over and over again because I just can't get it right. But when it's live, it's like, hey, it's there, it's out there. Right, so we've talked about a little bit about how you're going to think about your content. We've talked Mm -hmm. about how you're going to start with kind of a basic setting, but you've talked about, you know, thinking about the sound around you, a good mic, a good lighting, some of the basics. And these things don't have to cost a lot of money, right? I think my lighting setup was like $75 on Amazon. And they're good lights. I mean, you can see I have good lighting here. My microphone, I think it was 50 or $60. It doesn't take a lot. You're going to make so much money for, for bringing in clientele doing this. It's going to totally pay for itself in no time. Absolutely yeah. no time. And it's all a business write-off. These are all expenses, right? So you can actually get some fun toys and then just write them off on the business. <laughs> I do it all the time. I have a really expensive camera I invested in last year. I love it, but it's all a business write-off. And if I happen to take it with me on vacation, that's cool. Whatever, you know. Yes. Love that. (laughs) Okay. So we've talked about kind of like the setting. Now with your videos, you said you've kind of evolved the content. You started about talking about machines. What's your favorite machine? I have about a hundred in my collection. You know, they're like kids. You love each one for different things. Yes. I still love my Zion and I love my Axis Rotary. Those are probably my two favorite right now. But, you know, I've got Bishops that I love. I've got a Cheyenne that I love. I've got a lot of FK Irons machines. These are all just machines that I've collected through the years. And, 
you know, I just take them out once in a while and use them. And I'm like, oh yeah, I miss this machine. So it's all good, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you don't have like a go-to, like if you're like, all right, this is my, you, you like the variety. I like the variety, but if I had to pick any one machine right now, it would probably be the Axis Valhalla just because it's so adjustable. You can adjust the stroke. And if you don't know what stroke on a machine is, go to my YouTube channel. And I have a whole video on that. You can adjust it for permanent makeup or for doing breast work or scars. Or if you're a traditional tattooer, one of my best friends right now has borrowed one of my access machines and she's doing really beautiful body art. And it made me think of, you said, you don't know if you don't know what stroke is or the hit is. What were we talking the about? stroke on a machine. Yeah, yes. right. Uh-huh. So if you don't know, you said go to my YouTube channel. And yeah. so that right there, guys, is another gem. So if you have clients that are just messaging you, like, what's the price or, you know, how will I look afterwards? Now you have a channel that you can send them to because sometimes they can get lost on your website, right? Right. And so if you're sending them right to, you have that link that explains it and it's different than them reading it, right? Because, you know, words on a background, right? Just text alone, don't convey the same emotion or connection, like we said before, as when they're, you know, going to see you on video talking about it, really explaining the process to them, that's going to ease their fears. And that's going to develop a bond, right? There's been so many real studies, not just internet studies, real studies on the power of storytelling and video storytelling that releases dopamine and oxytocin, which is all of the love hormones and trust and connection, things like that. We won't get into that today, but basically you're sending them to a source that's different than your website. You can say, go check out my YouTube channel and giving them the direct link. That is going to get a buyer faster. The second thing is, which we didn't say before, we kind of mentioned it, is you can take those YouTube videos and actually embed them on your website or transcribe them and turn it into a blog for your website, which is also helping you with SEO. Yes, that's true. Think about doing a video on aftercare. You could go on camera, explain your aftercare to your clients. Think how many times when they're in with us, we give them verbally our aftercare, but they're so nervous and they're so excited. They don't hear anything you say. So you could tell them when you get home, I want you to watch my video where I personally tell you your aftercare and explain it in great detail. They can watch that thing over and over. And then, you know, there's no excuses. I told you the aftercare. You know, you could just send them that link. Where they just click on it, they hear the aftercare, they have it in writing, and they're all set. That's an example of how you could use your channel. I love that. I mean, there's so many times, first of all, I'm all about efficiency and saving time. Uh, Twin mama need to save some time. And I think that we're all that way now. Like we just want to maximize it. So if there's something you do more than, you know, three times, get a system for it. And if you can send them, you know, as a follow-up, as a backup to make sure that they really did hear you. Do you find doing permanent makeup product reviews are getting a lot of engagement? So when you do product reviews. I love to do product reviews because I'm, I try to be honest. If there's something I love about something, I always say the pros and cons, even if, you know, I mean, sometimes it's the cons are just a minor thing, but uh, yeah, I love product reviews. I do get a lot of engagement from that. I get a lot of emails from people who have additional questions get a lot of phone calls. People call and say, Hey, I saw your video on this. Can you clarify that? So yeah, we get a lot of engagement and I think it's beneficial for people. Yeah. And this is kind of off of the YouTube topic, but 
Is there a favorite lesson learned with permanent makeup over all the years? Because you've been doing it for a long time. Like um, my know, favorite there- thing is you don't really learn until you're working on skin every day. So you can't do one or two procedures a month and expect to really get good. You have to be working in skin every single day and have your feet in the trenches. Um, so that's what I've found. And that's why I still see clients three days a week, because even though I'm busy with sales and training and all that, I still want to be working on skin and with my clients. And I feel like I'm more of that, more valuable as an educator because I still do that. So yeah, just doing as much as you can volume. I love that. Okay. So tell everyone, Terry, where can they find you all of the links and things that you need them to know? Okay. So livelyinc.com is my web store. My Instagram is one lively Terry. That's O-N-E, lively Terry. And on Facebook, I have several different Facebook groups. Just do searches for permanent makeup, Terry Lively, and you'll see a bunch of different groups come up. My email address is terry at livelyinc.com. So easy. I love it. Love it. Two final questions. One, is there anything else that we missed that would make this complete for you? And then my other last question is, what brings you joy? Oh my God. I have so many hobbies and so many interests. I love music. I love riding motorcycles. I love what I do. I love permanent makeup so much and the cosmetic tattooing. I love the tattoo world and speaking with tattoo artists. That brings me joy because I always learn something from these guys. Just being open to seeing what other people are doing. Don't try to view it as competition, but as a learning experience, those are the things that make me really happy. So never, never stop learning. That's my tagline now. (laughs) Oh, so true. Okay. Bye everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.